0: of this world can never satisfy. Do we see that? Do we see that in the world? Do we see some having all that they could want and yet want more? What's that? The riches of this world not satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus satisfies. Hallelujah. You know there is so much. There is so much more to come, because there is so much more in God. And you know there's the there's a. a, a a history of of the church where God has has brought a revelation and people have received that revelation and then camped around that revelation and made it a doctrine and not moved on you know we've got an eternity we get that picture in in um, in the book of revelation where the where the, the host around the throne, they come round and they, and they see the face of God and then fall on their face because there's a new revelation, there's more. You know, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, verse 9, he says, For we know in part and we prophesy in part. And that's good. There are things that we... I know, we know because God has revealed those things to us. And when we're ready for more, he will reveal the more. There is more. <laughs> There's more to come. In verse 12, he says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. You know, Mel started off talking from, we're going from glory to glory. It's an unfolding revelation of the glory of God that he's bringing to us as we're open to receive it. And then it says in verse, he says in verse 13, Now abide faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. Glory to God. So Jesus said in John 13, 14, 34, A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. Now now people came to Jesus and asked, What was what's the greatest commandment in the law? And he said, Well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and your neighbour as yourself. That's the greatest, that's, that fulfills the law. If we were to do that, we love God and love each other, we've fulfilled the law. <laughs> that would be the fulfillment of the law. But he says here a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. <laughs> so how did Jesus love us? Jesus loved us by fulfilling the law. So that the requirements of the law that we couldn't keep would not be held against us. The law had consequences. The law highlighted what was wrong. (laughs) Now the law is the perfection of God. The the, the law is not bad, but the law highlighted our shortcomings. And the way Jesus loved us is that he took those shortcomings upon himself, the sin upon himself, so that the penalty that came from it was not ours. He took it. (laughs) This is an offering message, by the way. <clears throat> so when we give ourselves to Jesus in any area of our lives, we are graced to live out the righteousness that He gives us. I'll say that again. When we give ourselves to Jesus in whatever whatever area that is, there's a grace. That God gives for us to live out the righteousness that He has given us. I want to read Second um, Corinthians chapter eight. Oh and I want to read it out of the passion, so Here comes the Digi Bible shortly. Second Corinthians chapter eight from the Passion, verse one. "Beloved ones, we must tell you about the grace God poured out upon the churches of Macedonia. For even during a season of severe difficulty, tremendous suffering and extreme poverty, their superabundant joy overflowed into an extravagant and into an act of extravagant generosity. So what's the superabundant joy? It's the joy of their salvation. <laughs> That's our superabundant joy. You know, David, David wrote in, a, in the Psalms, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Strength to do what? To do whatever he's called you to do. <laughs> Verse 3. For I can verify... That they spontaneously gave, not only according to their means, but far beyond what they could afford. They actually begged us for the privilege of sharing in this ministry of giving to God's holy people who are living in poverty. They exceeded our expectations by first dedicating themselves fully to the Lord. That's where it starts. They first dedicated themselves fully to the Lord and, and then to us, according to God's pleasure. That is why we appeal to Titus, since he was the one who got you started and encouraged you to give, so he could help you complete this generous undertaking on your behalf. For you do well and excel in every respect, in unstoppable faith, in powerful preaching in revelation knowledge, in your passionate devotion and in sharing the love we have shown to you. Make sure that you also excel in grace-filled generosity. Excel in the grace of giving. If we come to God with that right heart attitude and right motive, there is a grace upon our gift if our offering comes from the heart of love that we have received in being born again, that's where it comes from, that's its source, we tap into God's economy which is firmly based in sowing and reaping. It's all through scripture and I want to read one more scripture from Malachi. And I'm just reading part of this passage welcome to read the whole lot. Malachi 3 and verse 10. Malachi writes, last prophet in the Old Testament, he writes, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, (laughs) says the Lord of hosts. Do your research, see if you can find another passage where God says, put me to the test. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think God's fairly confident in himself. Put me to the test. Try me now in this, he says. Says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. That's overflow. And why overflow? Overflow. Well, it's not all about you. (laughs) It's not all about me. Overflow allows that greater capacity to bless other people, to meet needs. Because not everybody is at that point. Not everybody is at that point where they tap into that economy that God has laid out. But boy, that's an encouragement when you're able to fulfill another's need to bring them into that place of, oh, I think I might try God in this. (laughs) Hallelujah. God says, put me to the test. And then he says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. You know, sometimes it, it might seem that, you know, I've got my money bag, but it's got holes in it because I put it some in the top and it just sort of leaks out the bottom. Well, God says, I will rebuke the devourer. <laughs> He's not going to get any. Glory to God. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that uh, you have such a grace that you impart when we come to you from love, from that, from that heart of love that, that you've actually given us. It's all about you. So, Lord, I just pray that, um, that as gifts are given, Lord, as offerings are given, Lord, that there would be, and that they are coming from a heart of love towards you, that you would honour your word as you always do. Lord, that you would honour your word. Lord, you said try me now in this, so you must have meant it. So, Father, just let there be a, a blessing upon the giver. And, uh, and, Lord, help us to understand, help us to get that revelation and help us to step into that economy that you have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Amen. Amen. Our little post box is up there for the for the old stuff. How long are we going to have that? Don't know. Don't know. And um, details for electronic giving are online. Or oh, any, our website. Hallelujah. Well... I'm actually going to introduce our speaker this morning, which will really embarrass her because (laughs) she doesn't like that sort of thing. But um, this lady had a, a huge part in this school being here, the first principal, the inaugural principal of this school, and worked for... Probably a decade before that, uh, in this place. So, um, and <laughs> and I have benefited for the last 38 years from uh, this lady's ministry. So, and I know you will open your hearts. Well, yours, Wilma. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you, Timothy. (laughs) We call him Timothy when he needs to be called Timothy. (laughs) Uh I've had two people show me how to do the mic. I'm not sure whether it's correct or not. All good? Um, Just in starting this morning... I'd like to just give a bit of background for what uh, for what led me to uh, this topic that I'm going to be talking about this morning. Uh, in the prayer meeting probably two or three weeks ago, I was just sitting very quietly there and it was towards the end of the prayer meeting and I felt impressed in my spirit uh, and looked up at this particular spot where the pulpit is and I felt God was... Uh, telling me the name of the Lord is written in this place and I, I, just, I was just sitting quietly and, but the more I looked at it, the more impressed I became with it and the more I felt an anointing coming from it or uh, well, how can I describe it? An overwhelming in my spirit, a response in my spirit so I knew it was the presence of the Lord as I was looking at the name I couldn't see the name in the the sense of having a vision or anything. I just knew this was the spot and that the name of the Lord had been placed on this place. And the more I looked at it, um, in fact, I didn't think I would be able to get up afterwards and walk out because the... Impression, or which was the presence of the Lord, was so intense and getting more intense. The more I thought about it, the more I looked at it, and I thought I can't, I can't look any longer. Um, but it was involved in the sense that this place, uh, initially um, in the 1960s, the founding um, minister who came, Bill Keene, who was Jeff's father. Uh, there was some teaching that came, I believe, about the name of God or the name of the Lord uh, and there was some um, practical outworking of the power and the authority that was in the name of the Lord. Uh, God reminded me, he, he said, remember, he said this, has been, this is something that I placed upon this place, something I placed in this place, something that kept being placed in this place as ministries continued to do it, but just remember it and remember what it was about. So for personally for an individual, an individual thing, I was feeling God wanted me to revisit uh, the aspects or some of the teachings about his name. Um, the other thing that happened when it first was impressed upon me, um, was that he said, um, said this, he said, the name has always remained here, it's never gone away, it's still here. Um, its power and its authority is still here, it's never vanished. And then he said, very clearly. I mean, it's not an audible voice. It's an impression that you get, and it's uh, like a silent. It's, it's. I don't know how you explain it, but it just comes sharp in your mind. It's just a statement that flies into your mind, like other statements of various kinds fly into your mind. This one, I know, was from God. So he just reminded me, He said, he said this. He said, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And, uh, yeah, it's very interesting because so I had a look up in Matthew sixteen eighteen, which you might like to look if you have, have a Bible, Matthew 16, Thank yeah. Thanks, Tim. So in Matthew 16, um, 18, it's just a very familiar verse it's um and it just says um it's part of a commission um, I suppose you'd call it it's just talk- just talking about um and these signs will accompany them that believe in my name. They will drive out. It lists a whole lot of, lot of things about it. So the impression that I was sort of feeling was um, is, is also in a scripture that talks about that the gates of hell will not, not prevail against it. So there are lots of things that were just coming um, to my mind as I began to um, think about the name of the Lord. Now, the name of the Lord, I said, it was like presence that I felt all right. And the name of the Lord's always connected with presence because God's name is his nature and when God was first revealing to his people about his name, he looked for a place to put his name where his presence could dwell. All right, So name and presence of God always go together. So as sitting, sitting in the row and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the name and the presence of God is just coming and coming and coming. and my, It was overwhelming uh, and, and that's amazing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To come into a prayer meeting, sit down in a row, not say anything to anybody and feel overwhelmed as you leave. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Uh, you know, and, and this morning I want to... I want to I'm, I'm thinking that I want to just take a story which is very familiar because it's, it's the first time that God reveals his name... And it's a story we know really well, but I want to pray that I, I really feel like this morning I'm, I'm aware of coming in the name of the Lord to speak. I'm not being arrogant. I'm being very, it's very humili- humbling, I'll put it that way, humbling to even think that you could stand up and speak in the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ. Yeah but I want to take a very well-known story because there's aspects of it that we can um, understand more about the power of the name. And it's in Exodus, and what I am saying to you is familiar is because I don't want you to close your heart. In fact, Lord, I'm just praying right now in your wonderful name that, Lord, you'll let our hearts be open and just receive more revelation Lord, you you know the desire of our hearts. We want an ongoing experience of you. So, Lord, just keep our hearts open. So, in Exodus, it talks about when um, God is going to deliver uh, his children of Israel. Israel was his very special group of children and always will be, often called the firstborn, a very special group. But we can see in the New Testament that spiritually we are his tribe of Israel, we are spiritual Israel. So there's a comparison there. Um, And it's it's through his... The setting is that in um, 400 years, I think it was, that they were actually enslaved and under the bondage of Pharaoh as a result of not keeping the law. Now, Tim mentioned about the law... And in the Old Testament, there was always judgment on not keeping laws. I wonder how we would have gone. But thank God for the grace that came into the New Testament through Jesus Christ going to the cross. But these people were enslaved and under Pharaoh. And Pharaoh was probably the most important or most, um, I'd say, important ruler of the known world at that time. And uh, there were many gods in Egypt and he was a very harsh pharaoh. Uh, he, kept, he kept those children of Israel in bondage and working hard all the time. It was not a good place to be. But at a certain time, at the end of the time, when, when it had been prophesied, God said it's time to set my people free. Now, Pharaoh is really uh, an analogy of the king of, what shall we say, of our natural world. Maybe, maybe you could see him as an anti-God figure, um, a demon force, if you want to put it, or a force um, acting under demons. And, but it was time. It was time for God's people to be free. I'm going to tell you this morning, it's time for God's people to be free. Yeah, yeah. You know, he said enough is enough. You, right. I've allowed you to go so far and no further. Yeah. It's time to be free. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so what he did was, and actually I think it's really funny, as I say, God has got a sense of humour a little bit further on in Exodus. It tells you that God put Pharaoh in that place for such a time so that he, it may be revealed how good God was great God was and how powerful God was, Um, which is God's sense of humour, isn't it? So it's time now to be free. And so he, um, Moses, Moses had been brought up in Pharaoh's, Moses had been, had a calling on his life and he's a baby. God saw him as a deliverer what he was called and through all sorts of things you know you know how it happened to Moses he could have been dead but God watched over him and finally he's placed in Pharaoh's um, palace being looked after his mother I don't know whether you know all the story but great story that's not a story it's true I mean it's a true story but you know he for some reason um, didn't want, he got himself into strife with with his position and, and how, how he mistreated some of the um, Egyptians and he's, he's, he's run off into the back desert trying to get away from Pharaoh and, and God, trying to get away and he, he thinks he's hiding there. Do you, you know he can't hide from God? He couldn't help himself. He hid from his calling that God had placed on him when he was a baby, and we could say naughty Moses. But no, it's just so human, isn't it? Yeah. That we try to run from different things, and we try to wriggle out of things, and we we do all this stuff. Yeah. And God again says, "Okay, I'm gonna." I think God. I think God knew what Moses would respond. But I'm just telling you, this is what God decided. He decided he'd. Uh, One day when Moses is out minding the sheep that he would uh, reveal himself as a flame within a bush and see what Moses does. So Moses is out looking after his sheep and he sees this burning bush and he says, whoops, it's burning but it's not burning up. And it says that he turned aside to see what it was. And you know, I think that's what God was looking for. Or someone that was looking for you know something that had turned their attention yeah. back into something, and I think you know that was the point when I know God knew that Moses would 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 do that, but that's the point God was looking for. So a great change in Moses' life came came because he just turned aside to see what that little bush was about, yeah. and God's presence was in the bush. Yeah. He turned aside to the presence of God. And that changed his life forever, you know, and so he gets called to go and go and be the deliverer of of these people uh, and the first thing he wants to know so he's he's not confident at all he's he, he's again wriggling and, and writhing in himself, saying, Can I do this but do you know God never calls you to a ministry without equipping you and without being with you. Uh, So God says to him, look, I want you to go down to to, uh, Egypt and deliver my people and I'll be with you. Well, that's comforting, isn't it? Thinking of the big task ahead of you, but you know, it's very much what the Great Commission actually says is go and I'll be with you. And and, uh, so Moses... He's just so human, isn't he? Wriggling and thinking, I can't do this. Where's this taking me? How can I do this? And, and God says, well, I'm going to be with you. he says, who sent me? So I'm just going to pick up in verse um, chapter 3 and verse 13. So God's just promised him, I'm going to be with you. Moses said to God, I suppose... I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. Suppose that. Then what do I say? What do I tell them? What is his name? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. (laughs) I am who I am. And this name was Elohim. Yahweh or something similar, which we call Lord Jehovah. That's the best English for it. doesn't really have a correct pronunciation yet. Well, it got lost somewhere, I think. Um, but that's that was the, the name of God the Father, the Creator, the source of life, the instigator of life, the sustainer. That was the God, you know, God the Father. And that was the name he was told to give them. And so... Uh, And so God said in verse um, 15, said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent you to me, sent me to you. And uh, this is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generations to generations. And so God reveals uh, the name of the father, the name of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, the Lord Jehovah, the Lord God, um, the God, the, the awesome God, the one, one that made the world to him. And he's the only person in the Old Testament that the name of, of that was revealed to. And so he goes down in that name because he wants... He's like anybody else, you know, when you go to do something, you want to have a bit of authority and power, don't you? Particularly if you're going to rescue a nation. you want to be able to say, well, I come in the name of... I'm backed by (laughs) the power comes from, and so that's what he went down with this name. Now, the battle began because you know, you know, all the story, but I'm just going to highlight a couple of things. He begins to go and say to Pharaoh, uh, God, the I Am, the Lord Jehovah. He had to have a name that was above any of the names of all the gods that were in Egypt, that they would know it was. The Lord God. So he's going, God wants us, I wants you to let my people go, the Israelites so that we can go and worship him and the battle was on. As soon as they wanted to be, as soon as Moses was speaking and saying God wants the people to be free and go and worship the battle was on. Do you know where the battle is on? When God wants you free and he wants you to worship and every plague that came, they'd say, um, Pharaoh would say, oh, we won't do this again. Yes, you can go. You know, he's a liar. Liar. He's a liar. You can go free. Just do this. You can go free. No, I'm not going to do that. You can go free. And the same thing was mentioned all the time by Moses. Let my people go free that they might worship me. They might worship God. So there was a real battle on worship. And uh eventually the last the last plague that hit them was called the plague of the firstborn now the firstborn is very interesting because Israel was God's firstborn yeah. and God had promised through the, his covenant with Abraham that um, you know Israel would possess the land if you look in Genesis his seed would possess the land but they were the firstborn and it was the firstborn that that God said, I will take the firstborn of Egypt unless you let my people go. And so the firstborn child, when the angel passed over, they died. Now, the ones that, the the great thing about this is that God also said that um, the children of Israel were to take the Passover lamb. And kill the lamb and put the blood on the lentils or the houses. And when the angel of death came over, and those that were in the house where the where the blood was on the door, um, he would pass over. It was a it was a type, beautiful picture of the Passover lamb because it says Jesus at Christ is our Passover lamb. If you look in the New Testament, a beautiful type of the provision that Jesus Christ made for us and the shedding of the blood and the name is in there and that deliverance that it brought, incredible. And so i just, I just go over to Exodus 14 if you've got your Bible. Just pick it up in here a little bit further. So we know there was a big, um, terrible catastrophe of, of, of the death of the firstborn uh, sons of every family in Egypt. How terrible. Just a dreadful thing. Yeah. And so Pharaoh finally said, oh, okay, you can go. But even then, as they started and they got near the Red Sea, they could hear the chariots of Egypt coming after them. The devil is a liar, such a liar. Don't get caught by his tricks. So so as Pharaoh and his chariots, it says they pursued them in verse 8, Chapter 14. Um, That he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. So they left well. The Egyptians, all the Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen and troops pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea and it names a couple of places. So here they go, going towards the sea. God's delivered them. They're on track, they're behind Moses, everything's looking rosy and suddenly they hear this great noise behind them and it's the roar roar of the chariots chasing down. It's almost like they're breathing down their neck, you know, the the enemy's breathing down their neck. It's a great roar. Do you know the the devil makes a lot of noise? It does. He actually makes a lot of noise about nothing. But he makes a lot of noise. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes in the battle that we have and the feeling that we have, yeah, I'm getting on the right track, I'm on the right track, uh, but I feel like the chariots are after me and they're breathing yeah. down my neck. Yeah. There's a big roar. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a noise probably in your spirit that you feel. <gasps> it's, it's a fear-provoked yeah. thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's done to, to provoke fear. You know, and um, we can get so focused on the noise yeah. that we get lost in our fear. Yeah. You know, and that's a really sad way to be overwhelmed. But, you know, there's somebody called the Lion of Judah that roars louder. Yeah. Roars louder than the sound of the chariots. And I'm, I'm just comparing that with the sound of, of the devil or the sound of evil, or the sound of whatever you want to call it. Um, and, uh, and so it says that they actually looked up. It says in verse um, 10, it says, As Pharaoh approached the, Isra- approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were Egyptians marching after them, and they were terrified and cried out to the Lord, I said to Moses was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt didn't you didn't we say to you in Egypt leave us alone let us serve the Egyptians it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert mm. it's a lie <laughs> what a lie did they really think that it was better to go back into Egypt and into in bondage and serve Pharaoh? Was it really better? It was a lie. It was the biggest delusion. But they focused on it and then fear arose and the noise of the battle arose and it frightened them, it scared them. You know, sometimes when we get, we get walking with God, it happens I mean, this was a major thing, but it can happen all the time to us. We can think, oh, gosh. When we're starting on our journey with. as a Christian, we can think, oh, look, it was much easier. It really was much easier not to be one. Yeah. Anybody ever heard that one? I won't ask you to put your hand up. It's much easier just to go and be. Be amongst the Egyptians, be amongst those that don't know God. All right, I've got to do a bit of this and a bit of that for them, but you know, and they'll keep me in bondage, but it's a lie. It's the biggest yeah. lie. Yeah. And it's one of the things that when you start to walk seriously with God, it's one of the things that you will definitely face and definitely have to deal with. God, God's um, wooing you along in, in the way that he's got for you. He's got a path for you. He's got the escape for you. He's got the... The way that you should go because God had promised that, promised to these people that they would possess a land of milk and honey. It was going to be a good land. Um, what happened to that promise? Oh, it's better that we should go back. Do you know I've heard so many people say that in Christian walk over the, uh, walk over the years? So, oh, don't go back. I feel like saying don't go back. It's not better. It's a lie. Don't listen to it. Particularly people that have a calling for ministry on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now why would that be? Yeah. Why would that be? Yeah. Because he knows that if this person makes it through to ministry and starts preaching in his name yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: and the backing of heaven yeah. is behind it, this yeah. Here's a danger, we've got to knock them out. Yeah. So he tries to knock you out. You know, particularly people that have, have maybe ministry and things like that. So don't get fooled. It's, it's a lie. Um, so they get to the Red Sea. And this is what... Well, I'll, like, I'll read what Moses said because it's, it's a great answer. I don't think... I also think that they were really in an agita- agitated and bewildered, overwhelming bewildered state yeah. when this happened. And Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid... Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord with, will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Okay, if the battle's raging for you, whatever the battle is, and it seems overwhelming, and you seem to be... Uh, rolling in it yourself. You're in it. You're in it. You know what the word of the Lord is to you today? Stand still. Just be quiet and listen yeah. for the small, still small voice of God. Just sit down and be quiet. Just take time out. Sit somewhere and say, Lord, what is this about? Calm me down. Yeah. Yeah. My confidence is in you, and just start speaking, because God promised. He promised these people, and God hasn't promised never to leave us or forsake us. I will be with you, he said to Moses. It's so easy to forget, and sometimes we just need to sit down and say, okay, let's get the right aspect on this picture. Listen to God's word. So stand still. And then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? (laughs) Tell the Israelites to move on. Oh, poor old Moses, didn't he have to put up with some things, ministry. And he had to tell them to move on, move on from where they were stuck, (laughs) Uh, what they were hearing, their fear, move on from it, get away from it, move on to it towards where God is heading them. So, um, So he tells them to move on and they're saying to him, take us back to Egypt. We want to eat leeks and onions, and we don't care what they do to us. He's saying, "He's saying, come on, come on, let's go. We can do this. God is with us. God's going to fight our battle. God's going to fight our battle, and God's going to fight our battle." But here's an interesting thing in no, um, verse 9. It says, "And the angel of God, who had been travelling in front of Israel's army," withdrew and went behind them. There's a bit of angelic activity here. So as they were going towards the Red Sea, which, let's be realistic, they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know how they were going to get around it. It didn't look so good, what was being promised. It looked like a big barrier in the way. But as they were going towards it, it it says there, there was an angel that was out in front. Some angel activity. But as they, as they got near, uh, this angel moved to the back of the army because the enemy was really close. He just slotted in there at the back between God's people and the enemy. Yeah. And the pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them. Excuse me, the enemy's not going to have much hope you see. So the presence of God just moved behind um, and throughout so um, you move behind coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel and through the night the cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other side. Oh, That's a good one isn't it? So neither went near the other all night. Well, let's praise God for angelic beings and his presence. Yeah. All right, and then we know that um, they get to the sea and God tells Moses to put up his staff and, um, and the sea parts and they go across. I just want to read one really interesting... Uh, Scripture in Psalm 77. So God was able. His name was great. His power was great. God was backing up the authority in the name that Moses went into. He's backing up the powers, uh, the power of his might in his name. This is Psalm 77 and it's talking about. this actual event. And in verse um, 14 and 15, it just reminds us that God, you are the God who performs miracles. And we sometimes need reminding. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people and the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. So here's a little bit of the event that we've just been talking about. Verse 16, the waters saw you, God, The waters saw you and writhed, the very depths were convulsed, the clouds poured it down water, the heavens resounded with thunder, your arrows flashed back and forth, your thunder was heard in the whirlwind, your lightning lit up the sky, big event, the earth trembled and quaked, but listen to this, your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Now it's really interesting, isn't it, that that appears to me to be saying that God went before them, God had a path, they mightn't have seen him, but through that water there was a path being made, a path a waymaker. Yeah. God is a waymaker. Yeah. Even though we, we would never have to do what they did physically, come up against the Red Sea. These stories that are written in the Old Testament are given for us yeah. to help us understand different spiritual truths. Yeah. And there's a truth in that, that when our our problems look incredible, they look, oh, what do I do here? God Himself is making a way, there's a path through it and uh, we mightn't see his footsteps but there's a path through it and God is making the way and the New Living Translation says your road through the sea your pathway through the mighty waters a pathway no one knew was there but God knew it was there, it was there Mm. it's a good one isn't it? Yeah that's great and so when they get to the other side, there's a great rejoicing, as, as you know, the, the waters come over and Pharaoh um, is destroyed and, and his armies, which is no mean feat. But God says something to them. Oh, I can't quite see it there, but he says something to them. He says, oh, in, the, in the story it says, and the... Israelites saw the Egyptians dead on the shore. So they were across on another shore and they're looking over and from the shore they just saw Egyptians dead. And we know that um, God is going to deal with those that come against his people. But there's also another aspect there I, I find really helpful myself personally, is I know that it talks about um, that this is a picture of our baptism or even, even the baptism of a nation, the waters. When we go into the water and we say we're buried in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and then we're resurrected and then all our old self we leave down there, that's spiritually, they're dead. Do you know, this has always helped me when something that i thought was dead gets up and stinks all right so something in say something that i may have had to deal with in my life or you may have to deal with in your life we think it's dead we we buried it you know we buried it but it gets maybe it gets up and it stinks because it's coming out of a wrong place this has really helped me to remember this story that the Israelites looked and they saw the Egyptians dead. And sometimes when something might, you know, rise up I'll say, no, you're dead. I saw you dead. You were dead. You were dead. You're dead. You're not getting up again. So I actually see that thing dead. And that's really, really helped me um, just personally. Um, So, you know, and and so it was a, mar- a wonderful deliverance and then they sing, they get over the other side and they have this great celebration and they sing the song of Moses of deliverance yeah. and if you look in the book, book of Revelation there's a, there's a time when they yes. sing the song of Moses, it's a great deliverance um, and it's just um, it's interesting just an interesting fact on this story um, so I, I took that this morning because I just wanted to maybe initially mention the power of, of the name of Jesus. And it says, it says in Proverbs that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous runneth in and is safe. We've like, got a safe house in the name of Jesus. Um, and uh, that name that was revealed in the Old Testament is an Old Testament in an Old Testament revelation of the name of God, which is the name of the Father. And, but when you get into the New Testament, there's another name. It's a greater name. Uh, and it talks about, it's the name of Jesus. It talks about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and it says that um, it's the greatest name. It's, it's, it's the one um, given to him, a name above every name. It's in Philippians it's, it's above, it says that, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow on heaven, in earth and under the earth. It's a greater name. Uh, and you know, when we're talking about battles and winning battles in, uh, in the name of the Lord and I mentioned about seeing like the gates of hell will not prevail against the name, we know that we wrestle against not flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. Uh, and we know that Jesus um, wrestled, in that sense, uh, against principalities and powers. And when he went to the cross, um, he released, or, he, or the name of the Lord Jesus Christ became the name. If you look at, the, if you look at Jesus, he, uh, he did everything in his ministry under the Abrahamic covenant, the Old Testament covenant. He used the name of his God, his Father. He did everything in his name. But then when he went to the cross, there was another name that was released, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it wasn't released until that point. And then God says it's a greater name. If you look in Hebrews, it talks about Moses and how great he was, but he said there's a greater than Moses. There's a greater than Moses. And he talked about the name and how much that name had the power. Um, I'll see if I can just read you a couple of verses um, just to think about. We've got a couple here. Uh, In Hebrews 2 and 14... See, a wonderful, wonderful thing happened. A wonderful thing happened. Gosh. It's really hard to to comprehend it. Uh, It says in verse 1 of Hebrews 1, In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets, and at many times in various ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, and through whom... Also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his all-powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, that's when he went to the cross, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to them. Um, This name that's it's just incredible, and it says over in verse fourteen, I think, of chapter two, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death—that is, the devil. So when Jesus went to the cross, um, when he went to the cross something happened. That power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ was released. Now, it's really, it's, it's really hard to understand the fullness of this, but what happened was when we accept Jesus Christ and his blood, we actually become a son of God. The Bible says we're seated in heavenly places with him or in him. Now, when Jesus went to heaven... It says that he sat on the right hand of God. Um, You know, when you say it's about somebody, oh, he's my right hand man, you mean he's got the power. When Jesus went to the cross and he sat at the right hand, he had the power. When Jesus uh, went to the cross and he was in the grave three days, he fought a battle. He fought a battle on the cross, he fought a battle in three days and then he rose again he fought a battle and he overcame uh, hell and all the gates of hell and everything it represents he overcame it and so he has an authority over it and it says that that name is a a name uh, that every knee knee should bow in heaven in earth and under the earth everywhere a greater name but the, the amazing thing is that when Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood for us, and we believe in Him, we're seated with him in heavenly places, and we're a son or a daughter, however you want to say it. but that makes us an heir, and it makes us a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And you know, in a family, the son, so-called, this was very this is very, maybe a very um, traditional way of looking at the family but God, in God's uh, world, the family the son gets to inherit everything
2: yeah.
1: it's his son so not only was God's, uh, Jesus' name released when he went to the cross the name of the Lord Jesus Christ a greater thing and you think of what Jehovah Jireh, <laughs> you know, the, the I Am who went with Moses. If you think of what God was doing, He was releasing yeah. the greatest name ever. It yeah. wasn't taking away the Father's name, but yeah. it, it was, I don't know, how would you say it? It was a fullness of the name. Yeah. And we joined heirs. Gosh. Yeah. So we're entitled we're entitled to have the authority and the power yeah, yeah, yeah. we didn't earn it we don't deserve it but we got it yeah, yeah. and so his church was given that so you never see any acts done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the gospels only in the book of Acts and thereon, on because yeah. the name of the Lord yeah. Jesus Christ was released to his church yeah. Yeah. and it's a powerful name And it holds authority. God was reminding me when I sat there at that prayer meeting, this name that's written in this place. (laughs) It's a powerful name. And just to remember it. And to use it, because that's what was given. It was given to use and to be released and the power and the authority to to bring deliverance. Set a captive free. That's so what it says. Jesus was anointed, set the captive free, to release those that were bound, set at liberty, and don't we need it in our world? Huh? Let's just pray for a minute. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that Jesus came and. Lord, we have salvation through him, but not only that, that we're sons and we're heirs. Joint heirs. And we have the power and authority because you gave it to us. Not to, nothing to do with us, Lord, a free gift. We're so grateful. Our Father, we're just praying right now, Lord, that there will be a releasing in this place. There'll be a releasing in this city. Through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Healing in the name of Jesus Deliverance in his mighty name The Lord Jesus Christ Setting free Lord saving people Redemption Provision Lord Lord we just pray this in your mighty name the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Amen and amen
2: amazing we're going to enter a time of communion if you haven't got a um, communion element there down the back there feel free to help yourselves thank you that was an amazing word Wilma really good Wilma mentioned um, a scripture in Hebrews 2:14, and I just want to reread it to you. Um, this is coming out of the Passion. No, it's not. NIV. It's coming out of the NIV. So, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death for surely it is not angels he helps but abraham's descendants for this reason he had it to be made like for this reason he had to be made like them fully human in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to god and that he might make atonement for the sins of his people Because he himself suffered, when he was tempted, he was able to help those who are being tempted. I really liked what Wilma said when she was talking about um, Moses and the burning bush. And she said it took him turning aside and having a moment deliberately and intentionally engaging with what God was doing. And communion is that opportunity for us to be intentional, to change what our focus is on and, and focus on what he did for that moment. And the promise is that um, he says because he suffered, then when he was tempted, he's able to um, help those who are being tempted. Like this is active. This is not like a passive thing that we do to remember him. This is uh, another way that we engage with the power that Wilma talked about of his presence actually being manifest in a place. And so this morning as you take communion, don't take it as a religious act where we're just following the you know following the rules and the right things to do but this is um, a point of encounter where you are actively grabbing hold of something that he's said to do and believe him for the healing that you need or the deliverance that you need, or the freedom that you need, and the breakthrough you need. And if your life's really sorted and you don't need any of those breakthroughs, good on you, but we've got a world out there that needs some. So let's start believing for the world out there that the freedom that he said was available to us is actually available to them through us. Yeah? Father, we just thank you um, for your body broken. And we thank you for your blood shed for us, God. And we focus on what you did, God, but we also focus on the why you did it. And we believe this morning, God, in a powerful encounter with you as we partake of communion together. God, and we thank you that lives will be changed in this place this morning. Father, we thank you for physical Mental and emotional healing over people as they take communion in this place this morning. Father, we thank you that this is active, God, and it's going to change lives. In Jesus' name, we just thank you for your body broken. Yeah, and we thank you for the power of your blood shed for us and for this world. And God, we receive this encounter and we receive the freedom that you bought for us that day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. amazing. Who's ready for another good week? Yeah, amazing. So we've got some things going on this week that we would love to see you at. Monday morning, 9.30 to 11.30 in here, we have a play group running. So it's back on site, which is amazing. Um, we've got lots of mums and bubs that are coming along. Um, if, you've got a mum, if you've got a bub, come. If you don't and you want to serve, you can come too. So 9.30 Monday. Uh, Wednesday night is our prayer meeting, 7.30 in here. Um, it's an amazing time to get together and um, who knows what encounters you might have on a Wednesday night, Wilma? How good. Thursday uh, is our school prayer meeting. So it's a specific time of prayer for our school community based on what the needs of the school are Um, and it's a really great way for us as a church to partner with what our school is doing okay so that's in the William room which is the room just to the front left of the foyer as you're walking out Um, we meet in there at nine o'clock on Thursday we'd love for you to join us I'm going to get it right this week you ready Thursday night there's a men's meeting it's at Rose and Lockie's house, 3A Browning Street, 33, 33A, eh? it's all good, Browning Street, Kangaroo Flat, if you don't know where that is, um, talk to Rose, she'll tell you, amazing. Friday Friday this week, for those of you who um, gave us a heads up and want to do the food handling course… Uh, That is Friday this week, so 10 a.m. to uh, 2 p.m. I will get details to you of where you need to be at 10 a.m., but it's not here. It's not on site, so you'll get details of where you need to be. Um, If I have given you paperwork for that food handling course, can I ask that is returned to me uh, at the latest tomorrow? If you can, please. We need to get that off to an external provider. If there's anyone last minute going, yeah, actually I should be doing that, I like handling food, come see me, there's still space, we'll fit you in. So that is, um, that is Friday, for those who are doing the first aid course, um, that is tomorrow and we will start at 11 o'clock, so it's 11, not 9, 11 o'clock um, upstairs, fantastic. Fantastic. There's lots of announcements. This is good, isn't it? All right. All in Sunday. So we um, have our young people joining us in the service on Sunday the 14th of August. Um, but because we're doing that and we're all together as a family, we're also having lunch together. Is that okay? So join us for lunch. Lunch will be provided you don't need to do anything unless one of us get you and say, please do something. <laughs> but Friday, not Friday, Sunday, the 14th fourteenth of August. All right. One more announcement around things to do. We have our annual child safe training coming up on Wednesday, the 17th of August. So no prayer meeting that night, there is an annual child safe training. So that is everyone who would serve on anything within our community, okay? That's just so that we make sure we keep all these little people safe. Perfect timing. Um, So can you just arrive at that? You don't need to tell us you're coming, just come. But we would love to have you there that night. One more announcement, which is the food store. So, um, we it was announced last week we have a small food store that has come together out the back of the William Room. It's there to bless our community. So, if we know someone's doing it tough and need a bit of an extra hand... Um, then that's totally accessible um, to you to go and get what you need from there. It doesn't need to be for you. If you know someone in the community that needs blessing, um, please make yourself um, avail that stuff that's out there. It goes for the books in our library as well. If you want um, to donate books into our library or donate food into our food bank... Um, there is a basket out in the front for you. If you can add things to the basket, that would be appreciated. Just with the food coming through, can we please make sure that it's long life, tinned, um, anything that's non-perishable and it's in date, um, so that we can put, put it in there and leave it there for when people are needing it. Is that okay? Amazing. Thank you to those who've um, donated to those two things recently. We really appreciate it. Um, and it means that we can bless the whole community. It's not on one person's shoulders. We're all putting in to do that. So that's amazing. No more announcements. One more announcement.
0: Just, yeah, one more. Just um, just a heads up. Uh, on the twenty-first, so not next week. The week after, um, we will we will have um, some live worship. Um, so we've been uh, we've been blessed to to have the the, the screen and and uh, and that's uh, that's been good um, but we would like to transition back into live worship and um, we have a relationship with a couple of other um, uh, churches pretty good relation with another couple of churches around Bendigo and we will have a, a visitor um, uh, helping on um, that uh, Sunday so i'm I'm really excited to uh to uh yeah to have that and um uh, yeah so excellent excellent well Lord bless you and uh have a great week and have a coffee if you like coffee <laughs> Lord bless you.